0: Welcome to Companions of the Perception Check, episode 14. Tonight, we'll be discussing the Dragonborn race, and I'm joined by... Seth Colgrove.
1: And Zachary Ruffin.
0: Hey guys, how are you doing? Good. Good. We're good. So, the Dragonborn race, um... I don't know, best way to describe them, many walking dragons that can't fly?
1: Uh, some have wings, but usually that's like a divine gift or something, but yeah, most can't. Um, Basically, uh, scaly people with tails and dragon heads.
0: Well, I couldn't. They they seem to come around as a playable race in 4th edition. I couldn't find any... Reference, really, to them in first through third as an actual playable race.
1: They were in third, but it was like in a very obscure source book, and they were nothing like they were things. They were like people who went through some transformative ritual in dedication to Bahamut, and they were really in no way similar. They kind of looked similar, but not really. They were, I mean, same name, but really completely different concepts. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> so it's like when Worf runs into the Klingons and tri- in uh, the uh, Trials and Tribulations episode?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> they don't like to talk about you that. You'd have to there. explain
1: that one, too. <laughs> um,
2: that one, uh, um,
0: in, in Deep Space Nine, they did a crossover episode where they go back in time to the Trouble Tribbles. And they they make a continuality joke about how the Klingons from the original series didn't have any forehead riches, ridges ridges, um, uh. and and no one gets it. And uh, Worf they they ask Worf about, it and he says it's it's not something we like to talk about with outsiders. <laughs> huh. uh, Yeah, um I in in the notes you sent, Zach, you said that they actually have them in the Dark Sun setting. I actually hadn't come across them yet. Uh,
1: they're they're called Drey, like D R A Y, but they're technically Dragonborn and in fourth edition when they brought Dark Sun back, that's what you were if you were a Dragonborn there. Mm-hmm. They were um the, the thing about Dragonborn is they kind of have a different origin story in every campaign setting they're part of. Um, but in Dark Sun, they were sort of victims slash volunteers for a defiling magic experiment that transformed them into semi-Draconic beings, and they're sort of like master race, Nazi-ish folk, just like pretty much every other race in that Setting. <laughs> the only thing that's really different about them is uh, in. Uh, we'll get to the mechanics, but uh, necrotic is also an elemental option for them. There. Hmm. Yeah, I'd...
0: I haven't run into to them yet. I'm wondering if I you're... don't
1: think they're actually mentioned anywhere in the in the Prism Pentad. I think they are in the official play Dark Sun book. Okay,
0: well, uh, that would make sense. I think the Prism Pentag set, set up the it, world they, in... They, the, they
1: existed s- in the second edition, but they were just gray. there. They were like, we're in this campaign setting and we're not equivalent to anything else. They would never have been called Dragonborn.
0: Yeah. Now, they—I um, know—in in, in fifth edition, they were—they—they they were. I don't want to say shoehorned into the realms from the Sundering, but it kind of seems like that was one of the reasons for the Sundering was to introduce the Dragonborn into the
1: Forgotten Realms. Well. When the Spell Plague hit, which is at the start of uh, Forgotten Realms in 4th edition, parts of Abair were just pretty much literally dropped in tutorial. And because uh, the Dragonborn lived on Abair, they sort of came out of the woodwork when the worlds combined. When the worlds separated, a lot of Dragonborn wound up staying through the separation. Yeah. Um. And also in uh, in the Forgotten Realms, they actually have an enmity with Genazi for some reason, because they're ancient enemies back on Aberrus somehow. But that might have changed with the uh, with them changing back, changing Janazi back to what they used to be, because in fourth edition they were very different.
0: Well, I mean, um. Seems to be that that Dragonborn also are very uh, polar extremes, in in some way. That to they tend to, especially in the novels, tend to be very uh, what is it? They're, they're
1: opinionated,
0: opinionated, and and they. Yeah, opinionated sort. That's it. They're they're very opinionated and tend to tend to not like. They they don't tend to be middle of the road. It's very polarized, yeah. black white. But
1: they tend to avoid any alignment that has any neutral component, and they consider people who have those alignments as being sort of weak and weak willed and such. In a way, a lawful good uh, dragonborn actually has more respect for a chaotic evil one, because at least they have a stance, even if that stance is completely wrong. They've
0: been... Yeah, I'd I'd actually like to see... I'd like to see a a dragonborn in our party... So I want to see how they would they would go with Megan, even though she's not she's not wishy washy. She just will hop from one extreme to the other. Yeah. Um. But they some seem to have. Sorry, they they seem to have a, a pretty good uh, appearance in a lot of the books. I know, especially with the 4th uh, edition Points of Light uh, novels, uh, they had uh, Ragar um, in the Mark of Narath and Abyssal Plague series. He was a paladin of Bahamut, and he helps... And he, in, in that world where tieflings and dragonborn are enemies, he helps out a a tiefling uh, warlock named Tempest.
1: Um, yeah, it, it was kind of weird the sort of sibling relationship they sort of foster as that series goes on.
0: Yeah, it was, oh. and and but it it did kind of. I mean, it was odd, but it didn't really seem to be forced. It did yeah. feel very well written and natural. Um, yeah. But you've and you've also got um, Mahen, who's
1: well. He's from Scotland. He's from the realms.
0: Yeah, he's from the realms. Um, yeah. And who who's the foster father of? Um,
1: there and, and Havilar. And Havilar, yeah. Um, he's also uh, the only, well, the one of only two major gay characters I've seen in d d novels. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet that doesn't keep him from being a badass. Um,
0: Nor should it. I joke with Megan that she probably had a crush on him. that's why he was written that way. Um,
1: that's why he's written that way.
0: Um, uh,
1: but yeah, and he's, again, we talked in the maturation episode about how sort of him being among other races sort of has affected him psychologically. Um, and he's been sort of kicked out of his clan for some reason that hasn't been made clear, at least not in the first four books. I still have two more to read. And then what will I do? I I don't know. Yeah. Um. But he he's a he's a mercenary. A lot of a a lot of dragonborn are mercenaries or soldiers, and he sort of taught his trade to his two daughters, and they've set out adventuring after. Lorkin is accidentally summoned and they kind of get kicked out of their village.
0: <laughs> You've got Meredish and Balthazar in the Brotherhood of the Griffith series.
1: Uh, yeah, Migrash and Balthazar. They're uh, one's, a Bahamut, one's, a, one's a paladin. I think he's actually a paladin of Torm rather than Baha'u if I put it down wrong. Um, and then Migrash is a fighter and they're two... Are two Tiamatseran sort of soldiers who wind up aiding um, the Brotherhood of the Griffin on another front, fighting a uh, fighting an army led by a vampire green dragon. Hmm. They also are the main one to stop Nala, who is uh, who's <clears> a cleric of Tiamat, who is sort of inserted into the emerging faithful of Bahamut. There's sort of unusual characters in this because, in the realm, uh, Dragonborn are often kind of atheists. Um, not in that they don't believe in the gods, because the gods' existence is obvious, but in that they don't rely on them. Divine classes are relatively rare for them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because they basically. They were slaves to dragons on Abair, and then they basically overthrew them all by themselves, so they're super self-reliant.
2: Yeah, when you uh, beat dragons, plural, that usually causes you to rely on yourself more than others, I would imagine.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I I haven't gotten through the final, um, oh gosh, Haunted Lands. Do they, do they
1: are they only They don't shown... until Buston with Griffin. Okay. So well, which is the immediate sequel series. There's five books, and they're only up through book three. Books four and five are kind of like their own thing, almost. Uh, um,
0: let's see, we've got Baradar, a female Dragonborn Paladin of Bahamut and the Seal of the
1: Karakul. Karakul. It, uh, it is the is the first D and D book I ever read. Thank goodness uh, I don't like to bad mouth D and D products, but thank goodness I am persistent and had already bought several others because if it was because it was very close to being my last. Oh no. Okay. Question. It, should... it, it's very meta, Dany. How, how um. She was one of the she was one of the high points of the novel, but actually, no. It my, was basically my,
0: what my my question is: How does this, um, how does this stack up against book three of the Prism Pentag Trilogy?
1: Um, depends. <laughs> um, depends because. Overall, plot wise, I'd say three. I, I'd say the Amber Enchantress is better in terms of characters. The Seal of Cargocol because the Carga because the Seal of Carga Cole characters are cardboard cutouts and are pretty shallow, but they're not make you want to rip your hair out sorts of characters. <laughs> well, actually. Uh, yeah, but, but there's more plot in the Amber Enchantress, such as it is. Basically, uh, basically there is no pacing in field cargo colic, leaping from one monster attack to monster attack to trap to monster attack to trap to monster attack, mm-hmm. to finding a new party member to monster attack.
0: Ah. Uh, um. I know, uh, they, they did have dragonborn in Eberron, um, and they're actually from the continent of argon which is the continent of dragons. Uh, you see them in, uh, book two of the Storm Dragon, uh, trilogy, uh, Dragonforge, um, and they're kind of into two camps there, the majority who are evil and essentially worship the uh, draconic prophecy f- about the coming of the storm dragon, and those who don't. Um, okay. And they're different enough, but that's hol- holding to the differences between the how dragons are in Eberron as well. Um, yeah. The descriptions and drawings, I see them see more like large lizard folk than dragon-like, but I suppose that owes to the difference in the dragons and how they look.
1: Yeah. Also might be somewhat intentional because in Eberron, lizard folk are much more important to the cosmology as a whole. They're not just... Um, cannon fodder monster well they I mean they're still all really weak but in terms of (laughs) things they're connected to in the larger world they're not just some hunter gatherers that live in swamps in a few places Mm -hmm. I mean they're actually one they're powerful psychics two they're actually working to keep an evil at bay except for the poison duck which are trying to release that evil but
0: okay I mean that's that's all I really know about the the dragonborn um I do have a new everon trilogy that I'm gonna be burning through here, so I'll see if they make an appearance there yeah
1: um,
0: so let us get on to the the game mechanics um at least in in fifth edition they they tend to be on the polar extremes there, extreme good or yeah. evil, um, which begs the question, would Megan make a good Dragonborn player?
2: She's usually extremely good are... or evil, just she goes both ways. Yeah. She never sits in the there
1: middle. There is something <laughs> they mentioned in 4th edition that were known as the choosers. Uh-huh. Um, in the Point of Light campaign, unlike in uh, Forgotten Realms, uh Muhammad and Tiamat were the main gods of the Dragonborn. Well, there was there was one way you could sort of be neutral, and it was called being a chooser, which was you didn't waver between the between the two gods necessarily, but you you were flexible as which one you followed at any given time. Like sometimes the vengeful, covetous. Sort of nature of Tiamat was the best thing to get someone done, something done. So when you <laughs> when you needed that, uh, when you needed to uh, w- when you needed to be aggressive, you would you would follow Tiamat's uh, religious path. But when nobility, mercy, and justice were more appropriate, you would. Uh, act as though you were following Bahamut's face, but it would be a deliberate choice you would make. It wouldn't just be hopping back and forth.
0: See, I, I see, I see something like that as the Dragonborn having a, a like a, a a spinning giant coin on their the chest of their armor to denote what who they're following. And so, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to follow Bahamut, be the noble and good.
1: And then I thought the, I thought the uh, Church of Tiamat was stomped out. That's what we wanted you to think.
0: Yeah, uh, except it'd be, it would be more like with Megan, she'd be like, hmm, this guy insulted me. Hold on. Spin the coin around, set it back
2: in. Okay. I feel like spinning a coin is going to take too long for her. She, she's, she acts quickly.
0: Maybe all right. Maybe it's a magical magical coin that flips based on her personality and feelings at that time.
1: <laughs> um, it, it would wow. be constantly spinning. <laughs> it would never stop.
0: No, it would side on one side. It would stop for a few moments and then <sighs> go back to space. only mid murder. Yes, of course. Only mid murder. She might have some um, remorse for for her rash actions,
1: but only for a moment. Hey, here's a question. Which, uh, uh, Dragonborn, you can pick several different Grakonic ancestries, which affect what, uh, what, uh, damage types and stuff you get. Which one would Megan pick? I'm going with fire.
2: Yeah, I'd go with fire. I think it's fire all the way. (laughs) Uh, when your main game strategy includes, it always starts with, "We'll start a fire." You probably want to be immune to it.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, you guys' answer to everything is arson. <laughs> I love how it, it
0: it has devolved from. Okay, remember that time you guys set fire to something? All right, you're gonna have to be a little more specific and wiped out all the enemies. Again, you're going to have to be way more specific than that. Um, <laughs> but uh, swinging it back around, um, you, you did talk about the Draconic Ancestry where you get to choose what dragon you were descended from or what type, and that gives yeah. you a breath weapon and resistance to that type of damage.
1: Yeah. I feel sad for anyone who goes for green. Because poison poison I feel is the anti damage type. Because there's tons of stuff that's immune or resistant to it, but I can't think of a single thing that's vulnerable to it.
0: Yeah, I
2: don't know. I'm fairly how. vulnerable to poison. <laughs> what? I'm fairly vulnerable to poison. Personally. <laughs> <laughs> Um.
0: Let's see when you when you stat them up, uh, dragonborn get plus two to strength, which is fairly obvious why, but plus one to charisma. That actually makes them exceptional paladins. Well, I could I could see that, but I I I don't know. It did it feed into that, so they be you would choose paladins, or did that.
1: A lot of stacks are deliberately chosen to, um, to suggest certain classes they'd be good at. They'd be good at most of the melee, heavy melee classes. Not like rogues or monks, but things like uh, barbarians, uh, fighters, and paladins. Um, and in a lot of the books, one, a lot of Dragonborn work as soldiers or mercenaries or bodyguards. So they kind of even a lot of other races are done that way. Like for example, Tieflings have a heavy charisma bonus, which makes them very adept Warlocks, which is intentional. Mm-hmm. Uh uh-huh.
0: I don't know. I, I at this point, I think I'd like to see a uh, Dragonborn rogue, and that uh, <laughs> are well, they to pull it off?
2: On uh, one of these uh, Thursday it, meetings we've been doing, you be may be get your vocal. chance. <laughs> what? I said on one of these Did Thursday meetings. Down? I said on one of these Thursday meetings we've been doing, you may get your chance because I've got something I've been dabbling with.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I, I would actually like to like to see that. Okay, the dragonborn in its hulking seven foot tall frame nimbly sneaks
1: past with his big sleepy. long snout.
0: With his big no,
2: I have some backstory to fix that. <laughs> well some of that. <laughs> um
0: and uh finally you get to uh understand, speak, read, write, common and draconic right out of the right out of the gates there. Um yeah. which is Understandable for those.
2: Um, I would think that's all you really need. I mean, humans use dungeons and dragons. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: um, I mean, that's all I've really got about Dragonborn. Anybody have any final thoughts for them? Well, we could talk about role playing them. No, we could. Let's edit yeah, that part out. Yeah, I mean,
1: so. I mean, what, what are your... I mean, we've already got... Well, for one, one, again, you've got the weird maturation for them. They're the equivalent of 12-year-olds at 3, and at 12, they're adults. Um, and they can walk within minutes of being born. Um, but, so you've got that weird sort of thing, even though they live as long as... Uh, humans do theoretically except most of them because they often seek out very violent lifestyles, tend to die young. Also, you can really uh, fool people because most dragonborn, regardless of ancestry, are either red or Mm gold-scaled. So even if you... so, And like, they don't necessarily line up, so you can be descended from a white dragon, but be red, scaled, and still basically use Cone of Cold when you use your breath weapon. Which, luckily, gets much stronger as you level. One would Um, hope. And then... what? I said one would hope. Yeah. (laughs) It gets stronger at about the same rate um, cantrips do. It does about... Cantrip-like damage for your level, although I think it increases more gradually but also more frequently. Um, then you've got one. If you're playing Points of Light, you've got your ancestral hatred of tiefling. Also, your kind is super, super rare. Um.
0: So I guess you know if you're if you're doing. Yeah, in the in the points of light. Then, I guess if since you're super super rare, you have to be on guard for all the the locals kind of staring at you, especially yeah. as you
1: move through. Yeah, normally in points of light, the animosity between tieflings and dragonborn is mostly just yelling at each other. But you never know.
0: Well, it's not just that. I mean, if you're if you're if yeah. they're rare, then um, you know you you
1: go yeah. to a new town. It's probably going to be uh... most of the books say that uh, that um, dragonborn expressions are really hard to read because their faces are so odd. Mm-hmm. And also, you might even be able to get with get some ideas for an unusual appearance because Dragonborn, Dragonborn have a strong clan identity. And this is true across, uh, I think, pretty much every setting I've looked at. I haven't looked at Everon, but they often adorn themselves with studs and gauges and piercings and stuff all over their face that identifies what clan they were from and what rank they are. Um
0: if they were don't so you
1: hit them in the head they sound like a tambourine
0: <laughs> but it'll be the last tambourine you ever hit um i don't recall if there's any if i remember if i remember reading anything about how they were kind of adorned in Eberron. um I suppose if you're role-playing one, you know, you've
1: you probably uh, either a... Argonessin is really far north, isn't it? It's supposed to be really weird, that continent, I don't remember. It it is. I
0: can't remember if it's far north or south. Although I suppose if you go far enough one way, you'll eventually hit it. Um, Most people Generally, most uh, most voyagers don't go anywhere near it because there's a very um, treacherous uh, reef, and they're the safe ports are hard to hard to go come by unless you know exactly I where north it's at. The icefall. Maybe I'm thinking of somewhere else. I think you might be thinking
1: of somewhere else. Okay. Um, I think the continent I'm thinking for is there's this weird ruined continent that if you go north from Corvair and keep going past basically what appears to be the ice caps. I don't recall. Okay. Well, I'm thinking of somewhere else then. I'll have to look into that. Um.
0: So yeah, um generally on the at least I know if you're you're playing in Eberron you do have the I mean, they have clerics and there's no real paladin in there. The leaders tend to be the the bards actually. Um at least in their religious religious aspect. Um because the bards hold the songs and the traditions.
2: Yeah, they do. Okay. Uh, Which
1: actually kinda of still fixed because Dragonborn have a natural bonus to charisma. Yeah. A an asset to a bard class character. So yeah, there there's a lot of a
0: lot of ways to go from there, because you could be a, a Dragonborn Bard moving to I guess collect any way, where, be sent on a quest from the, the dragons themselves to complete
1: some yeah. quest. There, there is something going on in the realms right now with the Dragonborn that's kind of interesting. The country of Tiamanthor was pretty much dropped out of Abair and landed in, uh, landed in Toril. And that was the basically homeland of the Dragonborn. And they do have full armies and stuff there. Thing is, after the sun, after the Sundering, the place um, Tiamanther occupies is now being fought over because the original inhabitants have come back. Like the original inhabitants of where it is in Toril have come back and Tiamanther is Largely getting cut up by, I believe they're humans. I can't remember. But so you've got that. And another one I didn't mention from the books is a lot of times they sort of have the same sort of thing that a lot of armies do in DD worlds. You have the typical knights and Cavalry and stuff would still make up the bulk of your army, but you also have like lines of war mages, and you had a couple of those characters in in the Brotherhood of the Griffin books. Actually, I think in uh, actually thinking, fourth edition uh, dragonborn were made in such a way they could do any class well. That's changed now, but I mean ideally because you could make it half or do any class well. So, so, okay. if, so if you were in the realm, you could be, um, you could be some sort of Tiamanthorn soldier, war mage, diplomat, because you actually have a country to attack yourself to. And if you're in Dark Sun, um, well, you have, your life would be complicated unless you were going to be and even if you were if you're working with other parties that aren't gray other party members that aren't gray
0: I'd have to I'd have to read it up but if they're largely profoundly evil I could see them being in a party and just viewing them as um
1: cannon fodder to get something done I think a gray would get would get along very well with our good characters yeah
0: Probably.
2: <laughs> Despite them being few and far between? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Could probably drop one in and we wouldn't even notice.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. We need to make a distraction. Do we burn down the toy store or the orphanage? We need a big distraction. Let's do both.
0: Uh, That's uh, that's all I've got for the evening. Uh, Yeah, me too. Me too. Okay. (laughs) Well, uh, thank you for joining us. You can visit us at our website, CompanionsOfPerception.net, where we post articles as well as our podcasts. I'd like to thank Zachary and Seth for joining me tonight. Thank you, fellas. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. My pleasure. And we'll see you next time on Companions of the Perception Check. I would like to thank all of our guests, as well as bensound.com for our music, Extreme Action. You can find them at bensound.com, as well as visit us at companionsofperception.net.